Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor. Security sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD. The money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to complex problems. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner and investment advisor with 17 years experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I have an MBA in finance. I'm also Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider, and I have over 19 years of experience in planning for both corporations as well as individuals. We're excited to have you listening to us today on our weekly radio show. We're right here every Saturday like today from 9 to 10 a.m. And we have a great new website. It's called moneymd.net. Go check it out. You can listen to us live. You don't have to go to the radio. You can be sitting in front of your computer Click on the top right-hand corner, and you can listen to us really anywhere in the world. You can be on a beach in Hawaii and listen to us. There you go. It's cool That's stuff. Right. It is cool. And uh, we also have a financial fitness questionnaire on our website. Um, so get on there and uh, check that out and see how financially fit you are. Um, you can reach us by email as well at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at 706-739-0725 at Richard Young Associates. Well, John, um, you know, we're doing it again today. We are giving out secrets. We are bringing it. We are bringing it. We are bringing it. We're giving it. more secrets out. We, we're giving away more secrets, man. I mean, well, there won't be secrets anymore. Pretty soon we won't have any left, will we? That's okay. We're, That's we're okay. here to help. That's, we're the here doctors to, are here to help. We're here to help. <laughs> and we have some great secrets today because we're talking about the five secrets to retiring a millionaire. You know, those are good ones. That's pretty good. So if you want to be a millionaire, well, let me say this. If you don't want to be a millionaire, just tune us out. Turn it you off. Let me listen. Right. But these but are pretty tried and true. These are pretty I mean, tried these, and true. This is simple math. These are these are things that will work. This for, happens in a week, though, right? Well, no, it takes a little bit of time. Two weeks? You know, okay, maybe. Years. Years, yeah. That's okay. It takes years. That's you got to okay. plan ahead. You got to plan. But, uh, yeah, we're, so we're going to go through that, and I think we have a couple more good things to talk about. We do. We're going to talk about the role of insurance, and this is such a huge topic. Not the most exciting topic in the world, but um, you know, it becomes exciting when you don't have it. Yeah, So this is one of those things we're going to go through. We're going to kind of hit a couple of different types of insurance and, and make sure that you're covered. And then we're going to uh, finish up with a, uh, a mortgage article, time to refinance. I mean, mortgage rates are great. We had... Uh, Mike Carley on a couple of weeks ago from uh, Benchmark Bank talking about refinancing. So we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit more in depth than we talked about a couple of weeks ago. But this is a really timely article. Yeah, it really is. That's really important now that interest rates are at historic lows. I mean, boy, everybody needs to pay attention to that. Okay, but we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this is according to the Employee Benefit Research Institute. And uh, the stat is, the fact is, 46% of all American workers have less than $10,000 saved for retirement. 10000 10000 And that's probably like the average age is probably what, like 45 or something? They didn't They didn't say that, but it's probably in the 40s yeah, or 50s. you, you so got guess. Most yeah. people at, at 40, they probably say, hey, I have 25 years left. I have plenty of time, right? Um, and that's yeah. just not how this works. Yeah, I mean, if I bet you one of the secrets is going to have something to do with this. Well, you're darn tooting it, Will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you're 45 years old, I mean – 
you need to be up there north of $100,000, you know, if you want a decent standard of living. And heaven forbid Social Security's not there. I mean, so... Well, of course it's going to be there. Oh, well, yeah, what am I thinking, You've John? seen that. You've I, seen on the statement, they actually put on yeah. there that you're going to get 76% of the benefits if the, the system doesn't change. 76% of what they're telling you on the piece of paper. That's right. So that That's is right. not a good plan. So they're already telling you. They're already it's, telling it's, you. It's not going to be in there, right? Yeah. And that pension, I'm sure we can rely on that. Oh, absolutely. You know, 60% pension. No changes. Government workers, everybody's been promised right. Yeah. No, we, no, we all know that that's, that's not right. I it's mean, going away. So you got to save in your 401k. Yeah, if you're not doing that, you're you're way behind the times here. Yep. So it's a good financial fact of the week. All right. Well, that leads us up here to our first topic of the day, and that is the five secrets to retiring a millionaire. Or a multimillionaire, John. I mean, we're not just talking a million dollars here. Like a two-millionaire. Yeah, or a three-millionaire. I mean, if you plan <laughs> ahead, it's it's simple math. You can do it. And, um, yeah, so here we go. Giving away more secrets again. So pay attention to these. Um, and, and as you know, John, we keep hearing today about the 99 percenters and the 1 percent people, right? And there's this implication out there that, most people are condemned to be 99 percenters, right? And that there's nothing you can do about it. But in fact, we know that's not true. I mean, today we're going to tell you the secrets of being in the 1%. Everybody can be in the 1%. And it doesn't have anything to do with making $200,000 a year or inheriting millions of dollars. Or lottery. Or lottery. Yeah. Nope. Yep. You can. You don't have to play the lottery to do this. Um, you know, the fact is you can retire a millionaire or a multimillionaire assuming you don't have some significant disability. I mean, just about everybody can. Absolutely. Of course, you, you have to start early, right? You do have to start And, um, you know, it, it, it may be too late if you're in your 50s um, to be a multimillionaire, but you can still have a good retirement. Absolutely. If you're 50 years old and listening to this, you still have 10 or 15 years. There are steps that you can take today to make changes. Now, you may not have $5 million, but you may have half a million is potential. Right. It depends on what you're saving. But it's not too late for your kids. So if you do have kids, maybe grandkids, this is info that every young person really needs to hear because, you know, the destiny is really in their hands. It's their choices they're making today which make, you know, their retirement kind of good or bad. That's absolutely right. And, and you also don't have to be a 4.0 student and get some remarkable college degree at Harvard or some advanced engineering degree to be a millionaire, you know, all you simply have to do is have a plan and follow these five simple principles. And uh, I know I'm a little unusual, but, you know, just just thinking of myself, you know, whenever I was young, I was 22 years old when I got out of college. You know, I had a bent toward numbers and planning, and um, my, my plan was to pay cash for my house and all my cars. Boy, that's weird. I mean, it was weird, you know. Well, I you mean, went it, to Clemson, right? Well, I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, there you go. But man. that was good they taught you that, though. Yeah, I'm well, impressed. Well, they didn't really teach it, though. You know? Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things my dad instilled in me, you know, that's always good. pay cash. And I just started doing the numbers and figured out that was a that was the way, you know, to get ahead. And uh, I know it sounds crazy to pay cash for a house, but Kathy and I, we did the math. And it was actually her idea, in fact. And we figured that we could save $100,000 in five years when we first got married. That's impressive. I mean, it, it sounds unbelievable, but, you know, it. all we plan to do is just live off my income and save her teacher's salary. Most good ideas come from women, right? Well, it does help. Some. You know, behind every man, there's a good woman, Success, right? Yeah, that's and right. Successful man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 
So, you know, she only made $16,000 a year, but we figured we could we could invest that money and pay the tax out of my income and we in 5 years we'd have 100 grand. And in fact, that's what we did. And yes, it was 100 grand in 5 years. Wow. For a house. Um, now we didn't pay cash for the entire house cause we got greedy and built a little bigger house and we had planned to in 1990, but, uh, but we did, you know, we, we built the house and only had like a $50,000 mortgage paid that off in seven years. So at the age of 34, we were mortgage free, you know, impressive. So, yeah. So it is very doable. I mean, that's the point, you know, you can do amazing things with a modest income and believe me, my, my income was modest then for sure. And uh, if you just have a plan and, you know, uh, but back to retiring a millionaire, I mean, here's the first secret to retiring a millionaire, and that is get an effective education and go back to school if necessary to get that education. Obviously, you have to have a decent income to be able to save money. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a couple's not going to be able to save much on um, $30,000 a year, right? Right, yeah, um, not for a whole couple. Right, right. But at the same time, you know, if you look at if they were able to get seventy or eighty thousand out, um, there's certain. I mean, if you save like you're talking about, you can become a millionaire. So exactly. sometimes it's an income problem, is what you're is what yeah, we're saying here. Exactly. It's, you got to look at your income. I, I counseled a, a couple this last week on that exact thing. Their income's low, and uh, so he's going to look for some different opportunities. Yeah, we see that. I mean, you do have to get your income up and. You know, in some cases, I believe a college education has gotten a little overrated, you know, these past couple of decades. Um, you know, kids will go to college and they might major in history or marketing. And and yes, I mean, that's that's good to get a college education. And you may turn out to be OK income wise with those, but it's not likely. You know, if you get out with history, it's going to be tough to get a job making, you know, 50, 60 or even $40,000 a year, probably, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be teaching somewhere and, you know, and starting off with just, it's just going to be tough. So your education needs to be effective, meaning that it needs to be something that you can definitely make a decent income with. Yeah, don't get a degree just to get a degree. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, so don't go to college and spend all that money for a history or an art degree when you could go um, to tech school. And be a great mechanic or a welder or an electrician. I mean, these are really cool trades, and, and these are great skills to have. Um, and those three don't require above-average smarts, you know. But yet, you can make seventy, eighty thousand dollars 80000 a year in no time if you have those skills. So, you know, the point is, go back to school, acquire some great skills, something that you can make money with. And if school is not your thing, you know, get an apprenticeship. And learn a valuable skill or trade like, you know, laying tile or plumbing houses. I mean, you know, all it takes is for the major breadwinner of the house to have a decent salary. So that's the first step here. So when we come back from the break, we'll go on to number two here. Um, But if you have questions, email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break 
um, about the five secrets to retiring a millionaire or a multimillionaire. A two millionaire. That's right. Or three. Or three millionaire. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you definitely can. I mean, there's no doubt. And you know, the first secret here, John, the first key was to get an effective education. Effective is key. Effective is key. It needs to be an education where you can make money. You know, get some skills where you can get a get a job that pays a decent salary. Um, you know, don't just go to college and major in anything just to get a college degree because, you, you know, you can get out and have a tough time. I know several people that are having a tough time making yeah. ends meet or I've, getting a job at all. I've done counseling, and someone will have seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars of of student loans, and they're Debt. making twenty five. That's like, it. Why like, did you go to school? I mean, so yeah. it just it's got to make. You could have gone to Aiken Tech right here. You got in a skill that you would have been making seventy, eighty thousand yeah. dollars, yeah. easy. I mean, you know, we so have, it's yeah. We have great institutions in this area. We're very blessed. We really do. So just think ahead on your education. Make sure it's effective. All right. Well, secret number two here is to pay cash for everything except your house. And yes, that means paying cash for your cars. <gasps> <laughs> Dave Ramsey would like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've done the number several times, and if you pay cash for your cars over, say, 40 years, you will save north of $200,000 over your lifetime. And that's for new cars. I mean, if you add on top of that, buy used cars instead of new, you'll save even more money. Yeah, you know, you're going to pay for the cars anyway, so just save up ahead of time. You know, Exactly. The key here is, is though, get ahead once. Once you get ahead, you can then save that car payment every single month for the next car. So once you get that car paid for, and it may not be a huge car, maybe a $5,000 car or $6,000 car, but you're putting chunking away $300 a month yeah. for five or six or seven years, you're going to have ten dollars or $12,000 of cash that you can go and repeat it. Yeah, I mean, just sacrifice for the first car and drive a beater if you need to, but whatever. I mean, you know, get ahead. Get the money saved up ahead of time. Um, If you save $5,000 for the first used car, then you put away $400 a month towards your next car, in five years you would have something like $27,000 in cash, you know, at just a 5% return with a conservative mutual fund or something, and then you're ahead. Then you can pay cash for a brand new car and keep doing that every time, you know, for the rest of your life. And you're set. Yeah. It takes you know? the discipline to do that 400 a month. It does. It does. But then every time you buy a car, you just keep putting Absolutely. it away. Exactly. So, all right. So that's secret number two. And secret number three here is to fully fund a Roth IRA or some other retirement plan for each spouse each year until retirement. And I know that sounds like, you know, so what? You know, everybody puts money in retirement plans, right? Well, they're not doing it early, and they're not doing it consistently. That's the problem. I mean, here, a young couple needs to save like $416 a month or $5,000 a year is what they can put in a Roth and start immediately. Start when they're young. That's the key. Um, and if you do that for both of you, you know, if two people did that, you would have $1.2 million in just 30 years. So they could start at age like 30, as mm-hmm. late as age 30, and still have over a million dollars at an 8% return, and that's tax-free. Then you'd be a millionaire then. You'd be a millionaire. You'd be like an after-tax. Just that one thing. That'd be an after-tax millionaire. Yeah, that's almost like a two-millionaire. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know what? If you did that for 40 years, let's say you started when you were 20 or 25 and worked till 65, 
in 40 years, it would be $2.9 million tax-free. Mm. I mean, holy smokes. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. That's a lot of money. Take a lot of vacations on that. Yeah, you can. Well, let's say you can only save, you know, for one person. So four sixteen per month, and you started at age 20. You know, that's 40 years, 8%. That's $1.4 million at age 60. Again, that's tax-free, and guess what? You're in the one-percenter You're club. in the one-percenter. Here you are. Because you've saved. That's it. I mean, so even on one, even on five grand a year, you can do it if you give yourself 40 years, you know? So, you know, or if you only have 30 years, I mean, maybe you're a little more aggressive, right? Maybe you get a, like a, what the stock market's returned, 10.5% over the last 80 years. Maybe you get an eight, a 10.5% return, okay? You still have a million dollars in 30 years just by saving $416 a month. And again, it's tax free. So it can be done. Very doable, you know. And if you have a match in your 401k, then, you know, you do that first. You put the balance of that in a Roth IRA. Um, it's not rocket science, but you have to start early. You have to give yourself at least 30 years. That's really the key. And, you know, then you have to simply invest in a diversified index fund or asset class funds, and the market will do the rest. You're set. Yeah. Dave Ramsey is a huge Roth, you know, person. Yeah, um, I am too. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a great one here. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So that was number three. Secret number four is is really a staple of great financial health, and that is having an emergency fund. I mean, this is a key, folks, um, because without it, you will not stay out of debt. It is physically impossible. Something's always going to happen. It is. When we sit down with people, either they have an emergency fund or they're in debt. Mm-hmm. It's one or the other. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're, you're always going to have credit card debt or something if you don't have an emergency fund. So you need to have three to six months worth of expenses saved up in a liquid savings account or, or a conservative account. It could be invested, but just conservatively. Um, so when the car breaks or you have a major medical bill that happens, you can dip into that and handle the crisis without going into debt. Shouldn't that be if the car breaks? It's, well, no, it's when. It's right? when? Exactly. Oh, cars when. break? You got it, man. Uh, you know. Yeah, no, actually, I've experienced that recently in about yeah. the last five months in a row. Yeah, or a major medical bill. Hello, broken <clears throat> wrist. Yeah, like that's right. Three months ago, you know, $2,500 deductible. So it happens, you know, so you got to be ready for that. And then when you have the major medical thing or what a car breaks and you take money out, you just keep putting like a hundred dollars a month in your in your emergency fund so it builds back up so that it can replenish itself for the withdrawals that are gonna happen when stuff happens. So just keep it going. So how do you how do you make sure that you have that money going in there? Because you got you got car, you got Roth, and you got emergency fund. Right. You just set it up automatically. You have a oh well number that comes to number five. Good lead in. Just setting you up here. I missed it. (laughs) Number five. That's the backbone of the whole millionaire plan. That is having a spending plan. Yep. You got to know where your money's going. And I I know it sounds a lot like a budget, but that's because it is. We call it a spending plan. We call it a spending plan to avoid that visceral reaction that people have. You know when the B word gets thrown out there. Absolutely. And, you know, this does not have to be complicated uh, or, you know, complex burden. It doesn't have to be a difficult exercise. Have about 10 to 15 categories um, of spending. And when you balance your checkbook, populate your budget and account for all your income and expenses. But 
this is you know the key to make sure all these other ones happen. Exactly. That gives you the tools you need so that you can save the four hundred sixteen or eight thirty two five thousand a year. You know, each month. Um, if the numbers aren't working, then you'll you, with a spending plan, you'll know where you need to make cuts. So that is really the key. Um, okay, so that was number five. Those are the five secrets to being in the one percent, to being a millionaire when you retire. Um, and you know, it's anyone can retire a millionaire. You simply need to start early and save consistently. So the takeaways here are: stay out of debt by paying cash for everything, including your cars. Save. You'll save 200000 over 40 years by doing that. Statistics show. Um, go back to school. Get an effective education if necessary so that you can get a decent paying job so you can have some income, right? And then have an emergency fund that you replenish with monthly contributions. And then keep a spending plan, a budget. You know, you know where your money's going so you know how to make cuts. Save five to $10,000 a year in a Roth and end up with anywhere from one to $3 million tax-free by retirement in 30 years at just an 8% return. It's just simple math. You know, most anyone should end up a one percenter or a millionaire. Yep. Start early, done. though. That's it key. can be done. That's it. Okay. Um, that moves us into our question of the week here. Yeah, this question actually came from CNN Money, and it's kind of a weird one. We don't see this one too often, so I thought we would kind of talk about it. It says, I'm 28 and on track to save 40% of my salary for retirement and other accounts this year. I wonder, though, whether I'm focusing too much on stashing away money rather than enjoying it um, more at my age. Am I overdoing it? And, uh, you know, I think when we both looked at this, it's like, wow, 40%. That's um, a big number. That's a big number. That's great. Um, I'm a you know, in the camp of enjoying some of your money. Sure. Make sure you hit your priorities like we just talked about. Your Make sure you have your emergency fund and, and debt, you know, down or zero, um, and you're funding your retirement, and after that, it's okay to spend a little bit. Yeah, and I'm a little more of the camp that, hey, this guy's 28 maybe. I assume it's a guy. Um, probably not married. Probably doesn't have kids. Right. You know, if you, as long as you're enjoying a little bit, you know, you better get it while getting's good because when you have kids <laughs> – you won't you are, be 40. You won't be saving 40%, I promise you. You know, things are going to change. Life's going to get tighter. So, yeah, I'd say stick with it. Save it. Because that money you save in the 20s, that's worth far more than what oh, you yeah. can save 10 we years just went later. Through. Exactly. So, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. Anyway, um, good topics. Uh, email us your questions here. We're going to go to break. Um, but at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 706- Seven three nine zero seven two five. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages and Gina News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marber, the certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are leading off our second segment here with the prescription of the week. Yeah, this prescription has to do with investing um, specifically. And, um, you know, a lot of the times the questions we get when we talk with people is, how much should you have invested outside of the U.S.? That's that's a common mm. conversation. And, and, and international investing um, is a little different than the U.S. It has some different risks, some political risks, some currency risk and so forth. But when you look back historically, it's been a pretty good place to invest. We actually re- uh, recommend between 8 and as high as, you know, 40% plus into an international mix. 
Yeah, I would say, you know, a third to a half of your equities. So, you know, if you have 60% of your portfolio in equities, I like to see, you know, 20 to 30% of your total portfolio in international. And some people may say, wow, that's a lot. And uh, 2011 was a little scary, right, right with right. Um, international. But when you look back historically at international, we have a really cool chart that, that looks at the, the different countries. The U.S. Um, had the highest return um, last year in 2011 for the first time in 25 years. There you go. So you yeah. have Belgium out there and Hong Kong and you know, a lot of other places. Yeah, you have that, China. You have places like that, that that are growing you know, five times faster than us. And so that's where the growth is going to be worldwide. I mean, if you're not investing outside the U.S. a significant chunk, you're, you're going to miss the boat yep. on big growth down the road. I, I really believe that, and that's what history says. <clears throat> okay, well, that leads us up here to our first topic of this segment, and that is the role of insurance in your financial plan. Yeah, this is a big deal. You know, um, basically plan ahead. It was not raining the entire time Noah built the ark. No, that's that's may have rained a little bit. Yeah, he he but, he had a little pre yeah you know, had a little insight. Didn't he, he did. <clears throat> he what did. was coming. So insurance is an important um, role. I mean, it's a, it protects you. And so, you know, what is insurance? That's that's a question. You know, it's a, yeah. sounds like a simple question, but it's very important to understand it. Well, exactly. And you know, insurance it protects against the cost and the risk of the major unexpected events. Um, you're transferring the risk to to an insurance company and to a large pool of policyholders. Yeah, you know, it's usually best to insure for large items like your car or home or, you know, if you have an RV or something like that. And, um, you know, I talked about this last year a little bit. My daughter, Danielle, was in a, um, uh, a wreck, and uh, she was driving to the mall, and a mattress flew out of someone's truck and hit mm-hmm. her window Wow! and uh, had a couple thousand dollars worth of damage. And you know, she was okay, and we were able to fix the car, but we had the insurance to help out. And recently, um, she total, totaled her car completely, mm. just wiped it out. And so we had insurance, and, you know, that helps to bridge the gap a little bit. Now, we have an emergency fund, and so we have our insurance deductible pretty high, which lowers the cost of it. But, you know, accidents happen, right? They do. They and, do. I mean, everybody needs some basic forms of insurance because stuff happens in your life. And it can be major. It can wipe you out. And that's what insurance is for, to protect you from, you know, the, the unexpected events just wiping you out financially and ruining the rest of your life. It is. You know, insurance is, is truly an important component of the financial plan. So we're going to kind of jump into the different categories of insurance. Uh, so we're going to talk about life insurance. That's going to kind of be the first one. Um, and, um, you know, I had a, um, a counseling session with uh, a couple this last week, and um, they had gone through the um, the FPU class, through Dave Ramsey's FPU class, and this gentleman is 42 years old, and he's been diagnosed with cancer. He basically has three months mm. to live. And, uh, man, My what goodness. an emotional meeting that was and just, you know, challenging. But they had a plan. They were paying off debt, uh, making some really great strides. They had an emergency fund in place, and they had life insurance. And so the life insurance is going to help pay off any remaining debt and probably the mortgage um, as well. So financially, you know, she's going to be okay uh, after looking at their situation. But, um, you know, if he didn't have insurance and his income goes away, it's a different story. Absolutely. It's a completely different story. So, 
you know, this stuff is real. Um, and you got to make sure if you don't have life insurance that you get it. It's very cheap, and we're going to talk about that. And, you know, in the book of James, it says, for what is what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I mean, we're here for such a short period of time. Protect those ones that you leave behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and a general rule of thumb is, a very general rule of thumb is you need 8 to 10 times your gross salary. So if you made $50,000, that'd be, you know, a half million dollars of coverage but I will say that's a very general rule of thumb. I prefer and we prefer to, you know, to run like an insurance projection, do some math mm-hmm. for clients based on their savings and their future needs of their survivors or their kids. Um, you know, when your kids are out of college, you need less, right? So, I mean, it just depends on your stage of life. It really does. And if you get half a million or a million, you might want to keep your eyes open at night. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's, Things could happen. That's good, though. But, it, I mean, and... You know, it's important um, to to have insurance. We generally speaking recommend um, term versus whole life. There's different types of life insurance. Term is is generally pretty cheap. Uh, it's pretty inexpensive. Um, whole life can be used in certain circumstances. Um, you know, for the individual. But you know, Dave Ramsey is a big term guy. He does not like whole life at all. Mm, um, yeah. So we we generally fall on the term side. Um, just to give you an example. My wife got a a term policy twenty years. Couple hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars. We're paying two hundred dollars a year for it. Wow, that's cheap. It, it is very, very cheap. And she's had some, some medical uh, history um, negatively in her in her family history, and we were able, still able to get that very cheaply. So yeah, I mean, I have a half million dollar term policy, and it was only like four hundred ninety five bucks a year. So you know, of course, I bought it when I was a little younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that helps. So that's why you want to get it now. You don't want to wait till something happens or you get some medical condition that will make it a lot more expensive. I will say this, whole life does have a a place, you know. I mean, it's great for estate planning. Um, There's some things you can do with whole life that you can't do with term. But for just, you know, protecting your survivors in general, yeah, I'd say term is a lot less expensive. Um, You know, whole life includes having a savings plan in there. And it's generally not a real attractive, you know, you don't make much money on that. So invest your savings in a Roth or a 401k, like we talked about, not in not in life insurance. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thought, thought here is on life insurance is, um, you know, if your wife does not work, you still need to have some life insurance on her. Maybe not eight to ten times, but you need to have some. Your spouse does a lot. I mean, there's some articles that, you know, they're, they're, if you had to, to um, hire out everything they do, <laughs> And families like running kids around and cooking and stuff like that, um, you know, it's it's expensive um, to replace a lot of that. So it's kind of like being on a boat without a captain. So make sure you get some life insurance on, on your spouse. And the other thing we see here is um, many times, most times that I've looked at it, is getting life insurance through a group plan over time is a lot more expensive than going out and buying a 20-year term policy. I've done some analysis before. And we're talking about saving tens of thousands of dollars by locking into a term policy because when you're in a group policy right. at, at a business. It's, it's an annually renewable rate. Or maybe every four years or something, right. it'll increase. Bracketed. And by the time you get you know into the 15th year of that policy, you're paying like maybe you know four or $5,000 where if you would have locked into a term policy, it may be 500. So there's some significant savings. If you're listening to us today, you know, look into that piece of it. You could save some money. Yeah, and another great way to use term insurance is to look at getting that instead of a reduced pension whenever you, um, mm, good point. Whenever yep. you retire. You know, your survivors, um, just instead of taking a survivor benefit on your pension, 
just look at what it costs to get a term policy to meet that need for the next 20 or 30 years during retirement. Um, and you may find that it saves a lot of money, you know, rather than you reducing $300 a month off your pension, it might only cost $50 a month for a term policy. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point for, so from, we have a lot of folks that, that we had that conversation with that are retiring, they have pensions, trying to figure out which option. Um, that was actually one of the conversations I had with the, the couple, uh, this last week, but yeah, that, that's a very good point that when you, when you look at the pension, um, there's some numbers that you can crunch and figure out what the right answer is. Each pension's a little bit different, right, um, obviously, right. so you want to make sure you go through those numbers. So, um, you know, life insurance is obviously a huge, um, huge deal, and if you don't have it, certainly recommend that you go out. If you have questions on that in your situation, you can certainly uh, reach out to us. Um, the, the next thing that we're going to look at is, is uh, homeowner's insurance, and um, obviously we recommend that you cover the home value plus some and like maybe plus 10%, 20%, make sure you have some additional coverage. Well, you mean, well, I will say this about homeowners insurance. I believe the rule is that they have to pay up if you have at least 80% of your home covered. So, I mean, you don't necessarily have, if your home's worth, you know, $300,000, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to have $350,000 no, in coverage. Right. right. If you have three hundred, a lot most of the times they'll have, as a part of the policy, they'll cover like an extra 25%. But Well, right, right. They And I think they have to do that. So as long as your home, you know, as long as you think they're, they're covering at least 80, 90% of your home value, I think you're good. And you're getting obviously a lower price for your insurance. Well, and the other piece of that equation is, is, you know, how much would it cost to rebuild? Make sure that you're, you're getting taking a, a look replacement at that. cost. Yep. It needs to be a replacement cost. Exactly. A good homeowner's policy is replacement cost. Yep. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Well, I think that leads up to break here. But uh, if you have questions, email us at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706 739 You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marber, the certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break about the role of insurance in your financial plan. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we looked at life insurance. We just went through an example of um, someone that is passing away very young at age 42, and they have some life insurance in place, and it's going to make the situation um, uh, bearable from a financial situ- uh, standpoint. Obviously, emotional is a, a different story, but life insurance is so critical. Make sure you're covered. We eight to ten times is just a general rule of thumb. It really is is um, specific upon your specific you know circumstances and wishes and so forth. Yeah, so, you need to do some math. If you want to sit down and talk about that, we can certainly go through the, that uh, exercise. Home, uh, make sure you have home insurance. Insurance. Um, we were just talking about at the break. You know, replacement coverage is really the key. Um, you know, thing that you have to look at here. If you have an emergency fund of three to six months, you can have a deductible of a thousand dollars, right? Because you yeah. you may have fifteen or twenty thousand dollars sitting in the bank, and uh, you know, if something or when something happens, you can you can lower your rate um, when you have that big deductible. The next one is is car insurance. Um, you know. Having two teenagers, uh, having a big liability, um, you know, from coverage standpoint, we recommend two hundred fifty five hundred coverage, and again, raise the deductible if possible if you have an emergency fund. But you want to yeah. make sure you have some good coverage there. Yeah, and I would just say too to add to that, um, you know, liability is really important part, right? That's because that's where you have unlimited risk. You sure. know, just about if you you know had an accident and somebody got hurt. 
Um, but you know, comprehensive. I see that as, as insurance that is that is overused. You know, folks that have maybe a ten-year-old car that's only worth maybe four thousand mm-hmm. dollars will be paying comprehensive coverage where they're paying five hundred dollars a year for that coverage. That's not that's not good math. You know, you you need to drop comprehensive if your car is not worth that much. So once your car gets more than about maybe seven or eight years old, um, you, you, you can save a lot of money by dropping comprehensive coverage. So spend it on liability, something that's a big risk. Don't spend it on the small things. Have a bigger deductible. You know, that's what the emergency fund is for. Yeah, good point. Okay. Good point. And then um, the next insurance, though, is, is umbrella insurance. You know, that's a pretty cheap form of insurance. It is. It really is. So if you have significant assets that are at risk, you know, from liabilities, um, from somebody that, you know, maybe you do have a car accident or something like that, um, or, or somebody comes in your yard and, you know, or just sues you for some reason. Who knows? We're in a very litigious society today. Yes, we are. And so for a couple hundred bucks, you can get like a million-dollar liability protection. And that's really important for people that have high incomes or, or assets. Yeah, that's a cheap, very cheap insurance. It's certainly well worth the protection. So we've got life, home, car, umbrella, long-term care is the next one. Um, you know, 7 out of 10 people over the age of 65 will need some form of life, um, uh, long-term care. Maybe it could be in their house. It uh, could be a nursing home. Right. You know, Dave recommends, uh, Dave Ramsey recommends that you get this, this insurance coverage at age 60 because the premiums and the, the possibility of needing this will certainly rise um, at that point significantly. So Dave recommends about age 60. Yeah, that's right. And keep in mind, Medicaid will only pay for this if you basically have no assets. Assets You have to be destitute for Medicaid to pay for it. So you don't want to count on that. And if you try to give away assets within five years, um, there's a five-year or a 60-month look-back rule, and those get counted in for your assets, and it will disqualify you for Medicaid. So you know, don't, I mean, don't play that game. You really need to have it covered with, with long-term care insurance. Yeah, that's right. Um, another type of insurance, disability insurance. Don't talk a lot about this. Most people protect their life that we see, some, some form of life insurance, but not their income. Um, you know, get like 65% coverage of your income. If it's offered, get it through your company. It's a lot cheaper typically going through a group policy than it is an individual policy. So, Disability can be a very big deal. Yeah, and I think they may only cover 60% of your income, but yeah, yeah, there's some limit there as to how much they'll cover um, legally. Yep, that's good. Good point. Uh, health insurance, obviously, you got to have health insurance. Again, increase the deductible. If you're healthy, um, you know, you get a health care savings account, health savings account. It's basically a high deductible plan, and uh, you're able to put in a couple grand in there, which is. Um, you know, it's um, it reduces your taxes. So health health insurance is very important. You know, it really sneaks up on a lot of folks. Yeah, and we've we've had a whole segment about that before. Yeah. I mean, that's a big big topic. We had Doctor Zimmerman on last week talking about medical. Exactly. So uh, it's very very important. Here's one you don't want to get. That's identity theft coverage. You know, I mean, you see those out there. Truth is. You're only you're only liable for fifty dollar limit on credit card fraud. Um, so you know, getting coverage for that. I mean, you want to take some precautions. Obviously, check your you know free credit report annually. Um, but no, I don't buy insurance for that. Insurance is for the big stuff. It's not for something that's really 
unlikely like that or, or there'd be a low cost? There's a lot of, lot of types of insurance out there. Uh, another one is called mortgage home insurance, and it's better to buy a term life policy. The only example that would that you would this would make sense is if you had a medical condition and you could not get term life insurance. That could That's that may point. make sense, but right. in general, it's 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 expensive. Um, well, and you're covering the mortgage company. I mean, they're the ones that are beneficiaries of the policy, right? Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, get a policy that pays you, your survivors, not not the mortgage company. We've seen pet insurance, all kind of insurances out there. Really, insurance is there to protect you against major financial. Um, how much should all this cost? Um, you know, it really depends on what your deductible is. Um, I think a, a great thing to do periodically was is to reprice it. You know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, terms gotten a lot cheaper in the past 10 years. I mean, it's dirt cheap if you're young. So go out there, you know, every every so often and reprice your insurance just to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So so in summary, insurance protects you from life's big events, death in the family, tornado, car wreck. Um, what we would recommend is once you get this insurance in place, have a one-page summary for your uh, that kind of is a roadmap for whoever's left behind if you were to pass away. Talking about insurance policies, account numbers, investment statements, and so forth. Do some planning associated with that. Um, that's a big deal. So if you have questions, um, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or call us at 706-739-0725. All right. All right. Very important topic. Great. And that leads up to our final topic of the day here, and that is an article. Um, well, it's just talking about is it time to refinance? Well, we had Mike Harley from Benchmark Bank here a couple of weeks ago, yep. and um, obviously uh, went through this in, in some depth and detail. But you know, the, the numbers are low. Um, you know, the interest rates on thirty-year um, fixed-rate mortgages dropped below four percent back in January. Uh, that was the third record-breaking week in a row in the six-week that rates had dropped below four percent. I think they've, you know, looking over the last couple of weeks, they've kind of, you know, gone up and gone back down, but they're, they're still below, you know, four four percent. So. Um, 15 year, um, is down in the three and a quarter, three and a half percent arms are even below, below that 3%. That's adjustable rate mortgage. So this is an all time historic low. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I think 15 is even below three and a quarter now, you know, if you have good, good credit. So, um, you know, you'd, and I think you'd be crazy to go with something that's adjustable in today's market. I no, mean, lock you, it in. Lock it in, fixed rate. You're, you're just not going to beat that, and you're only saving like a half percent in today's market by going to something adjustable. So, you know, if, if you're considering refinancing, you're certainly not alone. Um, the Mortgage Bankers Association reported an increase of about 23% last week um, with refinancing, and it's up like 24% um, overall refinancing is. So, um, you know, while it while it may seem to your advantage to take take your interest rate down a few percentage points, though, you may want to to make sure that, you know, it's a good fit for you. Sure. Um, and there are three questions here they ask. One is how much we really save per month. Right. How much in interest are you saving? What does that mean in a monthly monthly savings? Then what are the lenders points and fees? So how much upfront cost is there to refinance? Right. And then how long will you be living in your home? That's the other key question. Um, so you need to answer those three. You need to figure out what the payback period is, when you're going to recoup your upfront cost. You know, if it if it only takes you three or four years to recoup that upfront cost, usually as long as you're planning to stay in the house longer yeah. than that, then it's a good deal. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think the other thing that to think about when refinancing, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll, you know, there's priorities that we talked about, emergency fund, debt management, Roths and things. You can take that extra savings and put them towards your priorities. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and so if your interest rate today, we'll say on a, on a 15 year mortgage is higher than say four and a half percent, I think it's worth taking a look. Take a look. You know, take a look. And maybe if you have a 30 year mortgage and it's higher than five percent, take a look. Um, it's it's time to take a look because you may you may be saving enough that you get a full payback on your upfront cost in in uh, four or five years. Yeah, and and rates are not going to stay low forever, right? That's right. I mean, at some no. point, at some point, they're likely to go up. We don't know when. Um, they certainly have been dropping. There was an article in the in the uh, 2010 headline of New York Times that said uh, interest rates have nowhere to go but up. And at that time, the 30 year mortgage was at 5.3, which at that time was really good. Um, so it has dropped since that time. Could it drop further? It, it could, but I think the chances at this point are it's it's it, there's a better chance it's going to increase than decrease. For sure. I mean, yeah. they, they're historic lows. So you know, just because you're refinanced maybe three or four years ago at a higher rate, it's it's still probably worth taking a look. You know, if you're maybe a percent or two yep. higher than what need, rates are today. If you need help with that analysis, we can certainly um, absolutely go through that pretty quickly. Yeah, we that's do that a pretty frequently. easy thing to help you with. So, all right. Well, this has been this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from nine to ten a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And check us out on our website, moneymd.net. And email us your questions at info at moneymd.net or give us a call at Richard Young Associates, 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Have a good one. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. I'll be there.